All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Daily Faceoff Podcast comes courtesy of the Nation Network. Here's your host, Brock Segan, with Dylan D. Berthium and Michael Biebs Bondi. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 8, Episode 24 of the DFO Fantasy Podcast. I am your host, Brock Segan. As always, got the boys, Dylan D. Berthium to my right, Michael Biebs Bondi to my left. D, how's it going? Fantastic, Brock. Nowhere else on earth I'd rather be right now. You you seem to be getting chippier, or yeah. cheerier as we get closer to the holidays. So that that that's good news for the show. I do have some extended time off, which will be nice. But it's also just been uh, a very fortuitous week for me, both what in uh, degenerate gambling and and DFS play as well. So I'm uh, back in love with the game right now. <laughs> just all about winning money. It's the only way. You know what I realized this week is that. You really don't realize how good a player is until you have big money on the team that they're playing against, and then you watch them, specifically if it's like in three-on-three overtime. Like, I knew Jack Hughes was good, but I had the Rangers the other night, and every time Hughes had the puck, I was just like, holy shit, they're going to score. This kid's incredible. And it's like, that's when you realize how good a player is when you have money on the other team. But, Biebs, how's it going? You having a big week in, uh, a big fortuitous week in gambling as well? I'm not a degen like you guys. No, I'm totally kidding. I have both World Cup teams. Uh, I I, I dropped a a nice, nice ticket on them each. Um, And they're they're both in the finals. So I'm just going to sit there and smile on Sunday. But uh, as far as hockey, you know, it's, uh, 
we're, we're running even. But as a whole, I, uh, D said there's nowhere else he'd rather be. He actually had a chance to go to Disney World for free and uh, said he would stay for this podcast. So. It's true. Um, they wouldn't let me pod. Yeah, the I greatest went, so. place in the world or the greatest place in the world. And Is this actually true? <laughs> no. Imagine, no. Why would I was not? like, man, why didn't you go? It would be terrible. Yeah, I, I, would have, I probably would have went. Yeah. yeah, I would have imagined so. And now everyone knows that I, I lied. Um, <laughs> He's a liar. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Congratulations. I actually picked France and Argentina to make the World Cup finals as well in our World Cup pool. I don't know if I'm winning or not, but hopefully I win that. Obviously, you're you're definitely going to win yeah, some money. Yeah. I was uh, pretty excited, too, speaking of degenerate gambling. Sure. Biebs, me and you both have uh, had futures preseason on Matty Beniers to win the uh, Calder, and our very own Daily Faceoff Instagram account this week tweeted out, Called her favorites and Berniers at the very top of the list, and that made me feel warm and fuzzy. Yeah. Inside. I also put one in on Thompson, so just covering all bases out there. Uh, we're we're just rookie and goalie gods as a show. Uh, D's the goalie god, we're the rookie gods. Dude, honestly, like I, I completely forgot exactly how much money I had on Berniers, and I went and checked it the other day because it's just not an account that I use anymore. And sure. I looked, I'm like, oh, well, that is lovely. Yeah. <laughs> that is going to be a good one. So, uh, anyways, yeah, today we are calling this one the regression report. Um, Pretty formal, nice pretty formal name for this show, to be completely frank. But the we took a look at some analytics and tried to determine which players are due for both positive and negative regression moving forward. Uh, really trying to identify some of the top buy low and sell high candidates um, right now. So we've got a list of nine players total, four buy lows and five sell highs, players that we're really going to just kind of take a deep dive on and and find out exactly why we feel the way that we do. Um, So I think the way we should probably do it is is talk about our buy lows first and then get to our sell highs and really try to determine if maybe some of those players are, are good lateral swaps or if you need a little bit more with your sell highs, uh, stuff like that. So, you know, I think the one thing that's good about doing shows like this is when we do free agent pickups and stuff, there's no guarantee that some of these players are going to be available on the waiver wire in those leagues. We try to do a, a wide variety of own percentages to ensure that there's information for everybody. But the one thing that's for certain is when we do buy lows, people, those players are owned in these leagues and people yeah. can try to make trades. So even if you don't own any of the sell high candidates, at the very least, you will be walking away here with four players that we believe will improve moving forward and, and you can grab and on the on the cheap right now. So without further ado, let's start with Patrick Kane of the Chicago Blackhawks, just because we talked about him last week in kind of the same breath. Um and obviously, we don't want to talk, you know, reiterate exactly what we said a week ago. So let's talk about him really quickly here, because, I mean, it's kind of a weird situation, right? That team isn't very good. No. But he's still been pretty solid. We talked about how he still has 17 assists in 27 games, but just four shots. So that was the big thing that we talked about last week. Four Shooting goals. Just, uh, is that what I said? Said shots. Shot. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Four goals on. 95 shots, 4.2%, which is just putrid in comparison to what uh, we've typically seen out of Patrick Kane. Uh, For instance, 11.5 career uh, shooting percentage. So again, I think this is pretty similar to the numbers that we we stated a week ago about how this is just way below the norm for somebody like Patrick Kane. And right now, uh, he's got 3.75 goals scored below expected. And his shooting percentage over the last three seasons, it's come down recently, but over the last three seasons, his shooting percentage is 9.9%. So he's shooting 5.7% below his uh, three-year average right now. So a lot of things that stick out, um, you know, obviously the Blackhawks aren't very good, but he's still 
7.75 expected goals on the year, and he's got just four. So you tack on three more goals for Patrick Kane, and you're really not looking at too terrible of numbers, right? You're looking at um, 24 points in uh, in 27 games. It's not too bad, and, and things look a lot brighter. Yeah, and obviously there's still the looming upside of a potential trade, which by all indications seems like it's going to happen before the end of the, the season, before the trade deadline. Um, and, you know, it only makes sense for a trade to happen here for all parties involved. So I, I would only imagine it's going to get done. Um, and, yeah, so you always have that to fall back on. And, and just like Brock said and like we touched on last week, it should be better than it is right now in Chicago as well. He's been very unfortunate. Yeah, we expected the on-ice shooting percentage to maybe take a hit with all the turnover they had uh, on that roster this season. Um, so for him to still be at 17 assists through 27 games, despite the, you know, the 10% on a shooting percentage, first time he's had an on a shooting percentage below 11, uh, in all, over five years. So, uh, I, you know, that probably will come back a, a little bit, but it's not a very good team. Um, so yeah, we don't really expect them to be converting on, you know, uh, an above average amount of their chances. So it would not surprise me if he kind of settles in there so long as he's in Chicago. But like you said, Brock, he's still shooting the puck a ton. He should have more goals than he is. Really should have doubled the amount of goals that he does at this point. Um, so yeah, yeah I, I feel great betting on him because I still think that he can be a reliable point-per-game player on Chicago moving forward. And then once he does get that move, uh, then you know that's when his ceiling really gets back to what it was the last few seasons when we saw him You know, last year, 92 points in 78 games. He just needs a supporting cast around him for those assist totals to really take off again. And, and definitely a guy, you know, not your average trade deadline piece who's going to you know, move to a contender and, and, you know, contribute maybe on their middling lines and secondary power play. Like if if someone's uh, moving for Patrick Kane, they're, they're most definitely going to be making a spot for him on their top line on their power play. And he'll continue to get maybe not 20 minutes a game, but should be comfortably around 17, 18 minutes with a a much better cast around him. Yeah. And the way this year is kind of going to is a team that's going to fit him in is probably going to be someone who tosses a a good piece on the long-term IR. It's kind of just what seems to be happening. And then obviously Chicago might eat some cap there. Um, but uh, I, th- I think one thing that bodes quite well for him going forward, he's kind of put up these numbers, as I said, still not bad. And Chicago's currently 30th in the NHL in goals and 31st in shots. But another thing that kind of stands out, their, their power play is actually 11th in the league um, across the board. with the can still score power play goals yeah, with Patrick Kane. because Patrick Kane's there. So I think a lot of teams are going to see that. Well, they already know what they're getting from him. One thing that really helps his case, there's 12 of his last 13 games have a massive L next to them on Yahoo. This team is literally just just dying and uh, getting crushed. And while that's all happening, you can you could definitely jump in on this. Uh, 20 shots in his last three games. None of those have turned into a goal. Um, you could definitely, I think, snake this guy away from people for, for someone who's maybe overperforming or someone who's locked into a, a nicer spot in a lineup or on a team that actually scores any goals whatsoever um so yeah we talked about it last week but Patrick Kane makes a great piece and if you're one of those teams that's maybe starting to get a bit of a lead um in your league and you can afford to trade a higher end piece for someone who realistically could win you your fantasy playoffs or really help win them um I I think this is a massive massive uh deal that you could go after and it's not often you're gonna be able to go after Patrick Kane and get the actual value or less value than what he's worth I remember we talked about this last year, too, with Claude Giroux. We were really kind of pushing for people to trade for Claude Giroux before he actually got dealt in the NHL because we really liked the potential upside. Um, I know I was pushing maybe harder than you guys because there was obviously the concern that he could go to a team like the Avalanche and and his role would actually diminish and his value could crater. Um, He ended up going to the Panthers, played big minutes, put up 23 points in 18 games. 
there's so many destinations it seems like Kane could go and really flourish, right? Like there's always the rumors about the Rangers and a re, uh, reuniting him with with Panarin, which would be crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's been rumors about potentially the Devils, where you could see him play on a line with Jack Hughes, which would be insane. Um, and like the Devils, obviously, I don't think are. are are, are you know way ahead in their rebuild of where they probably thought they were going to be this yeah. year. You know maybe they end up trading somebody like Alexander Holtz or like I don't know if that's a piece that they would deal. But yeah, they have goaltending you options. Would, you would imagine that would be something that the the Blackhawks would covet. And, and there's just some really really good landing spots that Kane could land that could take them back to just being a top ten fantasy <laughs> asset. Yeah. Like and there's just a, there's yeah. so much upside and really the That's, downside is is pretty minimal because the numbers aren't too no, bad. I, this in the is analytics. His, this is his floor right exactly. Here. Yeah. If he's still gonna get you know twenty shots across, there's not it's not often that he's gonna go twenty shots across three games and not score or even if you want to expand it even more. I mean he has thirty shots in his last five or his last six and he has and he hasn't scored so right. so it's not gonna happen often. Um, and with those type of numbers, they they just they go in. Uh, it's the volume goes in. Especially when you're Patrick Kane. Sam Bennett's the next guy that we're looking at. Um, Bennett, you know, kind of been a volatile player, not just this year, but throughout the last few years, just, you know, picking up kind of points in bunches here and there. And that's kind of been the case again this year. Lately running a little bit cold. Uh, just one assist in his last five games. Has 13 shots over that span. So with Barkov being back the the issue here with the Panthers is they're so banged up and it seems like their lineup is completely fluid at all times like it's like Bennett's with Kachuk Barkov's with Kachuk Bennett's with Kachuk so there's no real guarantee on the minutes that you're going to get with Sam Bennett but Bennett as well very similar to Patrick Kane goals scored below expected is among uh, the highest in the league seven goals but he's got 11 expected goals on the year the shooting percentage is usually around 10 percent 10 11 percent been uh, pretty consistent in that area which is which is you know pretty modest all things considered this year shooting just 7.8 percent so you'd expect this guy to start piling up the goals a little bit more um um, he's spent plenty of time with Matt Kachuk, and when he's on that line, the underlying numbers there are absolutely outstanding. So, um, what we've seen from him thus far has been pretty solid. I mean, it's not you know nothing crazy, crazy impressive. He's got 22 points in 30 games. It's pretty modest, but it, he could have 10 goals and 15 assists, and we'd be talking about a completely different player. Yeah, yeah. he's still on pace for a career high season in points at this point. Um, not not. I mean, that kind of craps on the rest of uh, Sam Bennett's career. Uh, but he's also on pace for career high in shots at 246. Be five more than last year. He proved he could do it with 240 last year. Um, one thing you kind of mentioned is the health. I think Barkov coming back really helps him. And I think Anton Lindell going out also kind of helps him because it's just that's a secondary player that might have taken some minutes from him. Now with Lindell, I think they announced week to week today. Should help Bennett just kind of eat those minutes. And then with Barkov there, I just think it kind of completes that lineup as a whole. As much as you'd love to see him on that top line, uh, sometimes players like that can really make a difference just as, as the team in general, kind of completing it, like you said, pushing him onto a line with the Chuck. Um, I think you could get Bennett for pretty cheap right now. I know. Yeah, I don't think it would cost a ton. Yeah, D and I play in a pretty serious league that we talk about every week, and uh, I believe he was just scooped off waivers last week. So Really? Um, yeah, well, it's not a, like in banger leagues, he's, yeah. he's, or non-banger leagues, sorry, he's definitely been hitting the wire for sure. Yeah. Um, and especially before, you know, that Barkov stretch, because he was kind of seeing time on the third line, and I think had a... I don't even know what the exact numbers were, but had a really, really slow start to the season and then uh, started to heat up <coughs> once. Uh, obviously, he barked off. Yeah, five points through his first 12 games. So it was a really 
slow grind for Bennett, uh, took advantage of the extra ice time. And we're just hoping he kind of keeps that rolling now, but yeah, the underlying numbers look great. Like they look better than last year when he had a really nice showing of 28 goals in 71 games, um, 90 shots in 30, uh, in 30 games so far, like you said. Um, and the on ice shooting percentage is what really gets me going 8.1%, like on a team like Florida, obviously the shooting percentage has been one of the biggest things holding them back so far this year. And there's still a ton of talent, uh, in that top six, the top nine group really. So I would expect that to improve. And, um, yeah, he's been showed some really impressive assist total so far and it, it looks legit. Like he's got 15 apples, 10 of them primary. Like we said, the on ice shooting percentage, if anything is a bit low. Um, so that's really great to see. Cause he's always been, or even I guess the last couple of years since he moved over to Florida and has really kind of, um, kind of pushed his name into fantasy relevance. He's been more of a, of a goal scorer, and that's where his reliability and his, of his production has come from. So the fact that to see his assist totals take a step forward this year and for it to look legit, that's really exciting. Because like we said, he, you know, he could easily have double the amount of goals he have right now and be around a point per game. So uh, I think the goal scoring should be pretty reliable the rest of the way. Um, and yeah, if he can keep those assist totals up, he'll end up being a, a super nice piece that you could literally just get in as a throw in a, in a trade right now. Yeah. yeah. And, and the other thing, you know, to further kind of what Biebs alluded to there with Anton Lindell being out, that really kind of limits the Panthers. You know, they are a team that, that really does enjoy relying on, on, you know, at least a top nine to play kind of even minutes uh, where now they're going to have to rely a little bit heavier on that top six, lean a little bit heavier on Barkov, lean a little bit heavier on on um, Bennett. And I would imagine so long as Verhage is healthy, you're going to see a lot of Verhage, Barkov, Bennett, Kachuk. And as it, it seems to be whichever guy is playing with Kachuk at the moment is the one that's going to be really productive. I think Barkov and Verhage can be productive without him. Anthony Duclair's return is looming as well. Duclair, Verhage, and Barkov. Barkov is a line that we've seen have plenty of success in the past. So that leaves the option for Bennett to spend an extended run with Kachuk, which would be uh, huge for his value. And yeah, if you can get him for basically nothing right now, then that would obviously bode extremely well. He's for still just squad. 26 too. So to see him take kind of the step forward in the underlying numbers and become more of a playmaker with Huberto leaving, it's, it's uh, not a huge shock and it's, it's uh, yeah, really encouraging because it seems like he could actually be taking a, a step uh, another step forward and just be closing to maybe actually fulfilling uh, that fourth overall draft pick he was and uh, kind of seemed like a bust a while in Calgary there. Strong fivers five numbers, 18 of his 30 points are in fivers five, 5v5. So also just, you know, one one power play step away from improving on only nine last year and then four this year. Yeah, and and that, it, that could really take him another step forward. So you're getting this production without that, which is uh, – you don't mind going after a guy like that. And just, again, a power play unit that we expect to improve as the season goes yeah. on. So, Yeah, the, I guess the one concern with him has kind of just been that he's never been like a huge um, power play, like never seen huge power play usage in Florida. Even this year, he's seen a lot of time uh, on the second unit. So that I don't expect the power play numbers to really vault up until he's you know spending an extended period of time on that top unit with Lindell being out, Verhage being out right now. That's certainly a, uh, a possibility. It, it, it's kind of interesting too, right? Like we saw that a similar thing with Elias Lindholm, right? Like Lindholm was, was always pretty solid. 2019, he goes to uh, goes to Calgary, you know, spending some time with Kachuk. Kachuk puts up 77 points that year. Lindholm has his breakout, puts up. 78 points that year um and then he kind of just was was a fantasy asset from there on out and, and maybe this is we're kind of seeing a similar uh sort of progression here from uh sam bennett and a lot of it obviously just has to do with playing with matt kachuk who's been absolutely terrific let's stick with the florida panthers here and talk about aaron ekblad um he's really you know 
not been all that great since returning from injury. Um, I mean, like the numbers aren't terrible, but in his last five games, he has just one assist minus three over that time. He had a minus four and a minus three performance in there as well. Um, so yeah, since coming back from injury, it's it, like I said, it's not been, um, you know, awful. It just certainly hasn't been outstanding. 11 points in 16 games isn't, you know, certainly anything no. terrible, but he's cooled off recently. Um, obviously kind of sharing power play one uh, with Brandon Montour as well. I just don't think that anybody is feeling too great about Aaron Ekblad right now, just given how high his draft stock was, right? So this is still kind of a, a buy-low candidate relative to draft stock, and I'm sure that you'd still have to give up a pretty decent asset, but I think that, um, you know, as we said, this is a team as a whole that's kind of struggled a little bit, and once they start getting healthier and start scoring the way we kind of anticipated them to, then Aaron Ekblad um, is, is going to be putting up big numbers. Yeah, and the assists, we do, like we said, expect to improve as the season goes on. I, I really don't think that Montour is a big threat to ever actually usurp him no. um, from that from that spot altogether. So, um, yeah, he's one of the best you know shooting threats they have on the power play. And the big value in Ekblad, like the assist boom was incredible last year. It, you know, it made him one of the very best fantasy defensemen, but... You know, his, his the big drop for him for me has always just been how reliable of a goal scorer he is, right? Because uh, he just consistently fires off about three shots a game uh, and has a pretty high career shooting percentage for a blue liner at 7.1%. Uh, and it's right in line there this season, again, 7.0. So uh, it looks a little bit lower than it, than it you know really has been because he missed those games earlier in the season. Um, and yeah, it's really just all about the assists, which have dropped off. So you expect we expect those to rebound back on our shooting percentage pretty, uh, pretty lower than where it's been at in recent years in Florida. Um, again, they haven't quite looked the same team this year, but there's a lot of talent in that top six, especially as they continue to get healthy. Um, so you expect Ekblad's numbers to rebound along with it. Um, and yeah, just probably won't be a better time to go in after this guy this season. No. So, um, had to throw him in here. Well, yeah, you can even tell he's just, he's been averaging 24, 32 on the year, but then in his last six games, he's over 25 minutes and all of them easy. Uh, actually, sorry, he had one in there where he's 23, 45, but the rest he's up 26, 27 minutes. Shows he's just getting healthier. Uh, he's just, you know, they're getting back to using him like Ekblad. And you kind of mentioned it. You couldn't, you, you can't totally take it away from Montour after all he's done. Uh, so they're just doing this slow process of easing Ekblad back in. Also, I don't know if you guys know, but me and D went to high school with this guy. Uh, I just thought I'd let <laughs> you guys stunned. know for the 800th time. But uh, no, uh, he's one of those guys where, uh, and, and that's always a buy low, where you're never going to get him lower than what he is when we're talking about him right here. I think that negative eight plus minus is a glaring thing that a lot of people uh, can D depart with um, those people who look at you know the only the main categories well especially after being a plus 57 a year yeah, ago a year ago yeah absolutely and uh and we kind of mentioned it barkov's been in and out of that lineup and, and he is the driving piece when you add in a hundred point guy it only helps people around him especially uh people like aaron ekblad i think you could get this guy pretty pretty cheap right maybe not pretty cheap but cheaper a lot cheaper than normal uh, plus, I think there's a fear for a lot of people, too, that he might just get hurt again because there's always that rumor he already has gotten hurt. So there might be some some owners who are like, you know what, if I can get value for this guy now, I'm just going to do it. And if you can jump on that, I think it. Uh, I think you could definitely solidify your back end. I know even personally I have him in a league, and, and he's been frustrating me, but I know that with all those frustrations, incomes like he did last week where he had three straight games with a goal and six points. So um, he's always capable of, of getting right back to that. During that stretch, he had a seven-shot game. So I really think he's just that next tier of, of defenseman. I think you could trade someone about a tier or even two tiers down for him right now. Uh, Would you guys rather have Aaron Ekblad or Quinn Hughes rest of the season? 
when Hughes still hasn't scored a goal but has 25 assists. Ekblad. It just depends on the format. Um, but, you know, most formats weigh goals a little bit more heavily. So, yeah, I, I would lean Ekblad. I, I do expect yeah. Hughes to outproduce his yeah. on a points-per-game basis the rest Hughes of the year. Hughes is so. also about to lose his 20-goal score for Hope Bovar about any time. Uh, Maybe say, not any time, but, yeah, it uh, certainly uh, it seems pretty plausible. The Vancouver media makes it sound it's like tomorrow. Um, but, yeah, no, it, it definitely, I think, could help bring those inflated assists down a bit. And I, I just think with the goal totals for Ekblad, I mean, we've never seen Hughes get, what, over eight goals, I believe, in a season? No. Yeah, he's not uh, never going to be a big goal scorer. But it's an interesting, four. interesting case. Like, that, that's kind of one of the names that sticks out to me. That is somebody, I, like, you're not going to get I him you for... you trade less. Like, you're not going to get him for, like, Philip Aronik or somebody who ranks really high right now. He's going to still have to give up a pretty decent piece to get him. So, um, I think you maybe one more name. What about, like, a Aronik and a forward, maybe, like a... What about Noah Dobson? Noah Dobson. Well, Heronic died tonight, so I don't yeah, think anyone's trading exactly. for Heronic. Yeah, so let's scrap the Heronic. Not dead, for R. the R. record, was crushed by yeah. Ryan Reeves. I also hope he's okay, yeah. for the record. Um, Noah Dobson, would you rather have Noah Dobson or Aaron Ekblad moving forward? Yeah. Aaron Ekblad, just because he's getting the minutes. Yeah. I, I love Dobson, though, especially in, in uh, Keeper year, Dynasty Noah leagues. Dobson. This year? He just need, it could be this year if he just gets more minutes, but he's just not getting enough 5v5 minutes no, right now No, they love that top four that they've got there and, and play them a ton. Those are some of the names that I would at least kind of consider throwing out there to try to get somebody like Aaron Ekwad. Another big name defenseman is somebody that you should be looking to uh, pick up on the cheap is Victor Hedman. We've recently seen him move back on the top power play unit. The points have been pretty, pretty decent lately. Nothing crazy. He's only got four assists in his last nine games. He's 16 shots over that span. But the, the big thing here is, is back on power play one. You know, going back though to um, November 8th, he has just five assists, no goals in his last 16 games. The shot volume is a little bit concerning. Um, the <coughs> fact that, you know, he just really isn't being this like massive minute eater, right? Like we've been pretty comfortably seeing him around 25 minutes consistently year over year. It's come down to about 23 minutes this year, but still big minutes uh, on a really high power team. And I think we've really started to see. Um, this surge from the Lightning recently, right? Bit of a sluggish start from the team as a whole, and that type of stuff was what led to Hedman getting bumped from power play one, right? Trying to shake things up to wake up the offense, and we've really seen a resurgent uh, play from the Lightning as of late. So I would imagine things are going to start to settle in. You know, you're going to see that team continue to score lots of goals, and Victor Hedman's play is probably going to follow. Just to give you an idea, they've won five of their last six games, uh, scoring four, four, two, five, four, and six goals over that stretch. So just kind of an idea of, of what their offense has been doing doing recently um and yeah Hedman like we said just not you know the points just certainly uh have not been there for him so far this season and uh somebody who through his career has you know often been very you know relied upon very heavily to put up points pretty much every single time he's on the ice if you look at his IPP average over the last uh three years it's at 51.1 percent an elite level for a defenseman down to just 38.9 percent so that means that he is getting a point on the goals when he's on the ice 38 percent of the time versus 50 percent of the time over the last three years you know a lot of that has to do with the fact that's all situations right so that's a lot of that has to do with the fact that he's not on power play power play one he's not playing with those elite scorers that he was previously so obviously you know he's even just been unfortunate like even when he was getting run on there earlier in the season like the power play was doing fine and he just wasn't getting Mm -hmm. the production that he normally gets so 
Uh, like the power play right now, let me double check. I think it's still top five. Yeah, it's fifth in the league right now. So like I have no worries about Victor Hedman rest of the season. Like no. it, you know, I wish his shot totals were up a little bit. We'll see if those bounce back a little bit now that he's back on PP one. You know, he did fall off to about two shots a game so far this season. So maybe he's not as reliable of a goal scorer, but I, I just the power play production to me just has to bounce back so long as he's in that spot. Because like I said, they're still cooking. Uh so for the fact for him to only have, you know, five power play assists so far this season through twenty six games. Uh, certainly an anomaly when you look at his last, you know, <laughs> pretty much his whole career up until this point, or at least since he took over that spot on the top power play unit. The last six seasons, he's averaged 29 power play assists over an 82-game pace. Uh, this season, he's on pace for about 15. So, uh, yeah, it, it it has to get better. It has to improve so long as he holds down that spot. And, yeah. I, you know, I really think they, they want him there. They want to get him right and get him producing. I, you know, they like Sergeyev, but I, I always feel like they're more comfortable with him as the insurance policy um, and they want to get Hedman going because obviously when push comes to shove in the playoffs, if he's firing and, and they're all firing on all cylinders, then it's it's only going to be better for them. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't expect them to lose that job anytime soon, especially, you know, because the power play keeps playing well. They keep scoring. So, yeah. Um, yeah, like it just it just has to go up. To kind of add to your point there, um, Hedman's actually sixth among defensemen in the last five years in power play time itself. Um, there's only Latang, Keith Yandel, who's now retired, Quentin Hughes, John Carlson and Kale McCarr above him. So it just shows how much they have depended on, on him in the past. And obviously the models worked. It's brought them to Stanley Cups. In that same span, he's third in the league um, among defensemen in points. And he's one of three to only or to have over 200 assists during that time. I, I just don't think that you're ever going to get him this low. Um, it's, it, we've, it's, he's been a perennial one or two top defenseman in fantasy for what the last again five six years all these different ranges we've been talking about so um i think now is the time you get him uh easily in a week we could be talking about him having 10 assists or eight eight more assists if he has a big weekend uh with the way his bounces have been going this year maybe not but uh i really do think that you could um i think you could trade guys less than the, the names that we dropped for ekblad almost for him right now to a maybe maybe an owner who's panicking someone who's at the bottom of the league and needs production now um that's definitely someone where i'd kind of look for realistically any of these names just to, off of, just to but, give you an idea yeah um so this is like standard league goals assist plus minus power play point shots on goal categories league where victor Hedman currently ranks is below brady shea come on uh, below ryan graves and like that's not even a hits league Below Devon Taze, below Jake Sanderson, below Ryan Pulak, below Jonas Siegenthaler. Like it's been tough, just um, like we thought. Morgan Riley, who hasn't played in weeks, like he, it's been really, really tough sledding. You know, he's he's slightly ahead of Kalen Addison, who's rare. You know, hardly re- even done anything yet, really, with the opportunity he's been given in Minnesota. So yeah, like there's not a whole lot that I wouldn't be at least trying to trade for Victor Hedman at the moment. Um, you know, you could obviously try to be really, really grimy and get him for for super cheap. I don't know if that's going to work. Um, yeah, like, I don't even know what name on here, like, I wouldn't trade for him. Like, I would offer everybody. Yeah, seriously. Like, you could probably trade Josh Morrissey, who we'll talk about in the second half of the show, to Hedman thing. and get Hedman Plus, probably. Yeah. Like... Morrissey's been so good and people are going to overreact to that and overreact to how bad Hedman's been. And it's so many better days are ahead for this guy. I mean, an absolute superstar for the last decade. Yeah. yeah. And you know, we're going to write him off all of a sudden. Not a chance. Not, not me at least. I think it's time on ice total to really scare people. Only 20, 48. His last game was under 23 games ago. In, in fairness, the last game they were up like six, one in matter. the second period. There's like, you know that. Bench. 
you know yeah. that. Yeah, true. Does the owner know that? I true was going to say that's a little bit different. So, um, yeah, no, it's uh, those are the things you got to take advantage of. Not everyone has Brock utilities. True enough. Uh, okay, let's fire it over to the Blue Stones. Um, and when we get back, we will be talking about sell-high candidates. And this week, I vow to not forget about these streamers before the episode is over. So enjoy the Blue Stones for the next 60 seconds. We'll see you back here. I'm still putting money on him. Him forgetting. Broken down, so I walk the line. I drop my wounds and I down. I'm out of money, I'm out of time. I fly low like a broken arrow. The time slows and my vision arrows. I'm out of money, I'm out of time. Sing your hearts out, sing it loud. Make me happy, make me proud. Black holes, solid ground. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 8, Episode 24 of the DFO Fantasy Podcast. A very Matt Stairs episode of the podcast. What a name. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed those buy low targets. Always fun talking about some guys that have been shit in the bed and just ruining your fantasy <laughs> season to this point. So hopefully you can take advantage of that. Uh, 
I guess, animosity that your fellow fantasy managers will have towards those players. And uh, hopefully we can find some nice compliments in here in the sell high section. There's probably a couple that you could try to do um, straight swap. But honestly, a few of these guys are, are so damn hot that you might be able to get uh, Victor Hedman plus for a Josh Morrissey, like, like Brock said. So, uh, Brock, who do we want to dig into first in terms of the guys that just can't quite keep up what they've been doing so far? Yeah, so a lot of this, uh, at least first couple names we're going to talk about, are, are guys that are just obviously outproducing. We we are taking a look here at guys that have uh, scored a lot more goals than it, you know it's expected so far this season. Guys whose uh, shooting percentage is glaringly high, uh, especially compared to their career averages. Just to give you any ideas, here's some of the players that are uh, scoring well above expected at the moment. Uh, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Jason Robertson, Miko Ranton, Tage Thompson, and Mark Shifley uh, lead the league in that category. Uh, Mark Shifley, probably a guy that you could look at to maybe move a little bit. We're not going to dive too deep on him just because we've talked about it pre-show that he doesn't have any apples. So even if the goal production drops a little bit, you'd expect the assist production to pop up a little bit and kind of prop his overall value back up. But the next name on the list in terms of goals scored above expected, Beebs already mentioned his name, is Bo Horvat. 20 goals on the year. 11.5 goals huh? uh, expected goals so he's got 8.5 goals scored above expected he's currently shooting 21.5 percent over the last three years his shooting percentage was 14.3 so seven percent higher than his career average it just does not seem sustainable there's also just you know last year's chris Kreider. well he's he's also just in a career year so like you you expect stuff like this to kind of continue to roll along but there's all the looming trade rumors he came out and had to make a statement the other day saying that he's gonna just keep trying really hard <laughs> which is <laughs> how hilarious. funny was that just like yeah guys i'm still still here gonna yes. gonna give her gonna just try just as hard as i can trade me yeah i would love to move Let's though release this through the official team's yeah. website it was a little weird and all but anyways yeah, and this, the statistics just don't hold up here for bo horvat to continue this production to be completely fair, and maybe this is just me being, you know, somebody who who's pretty, you know, pretty smart. I would imagine, I would think, in in, in this whole fantasy hockey thing. If I'm not, that's gonna suck. But sure. kids, decent. Like, do you think the average average fan is like really wanting Bo Horvat because he's got 20 goals? Like, I I just don't know what the general public thinks of this name. Still, uh, like, if you take a look at the raw box score numbers, he's it. been insane. You can work it. I think you could trade him for Patrick Kane. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I, I would. I think you probably could. Yeah, and I would make that move in, instantly. I also, yeah, yeah. I think like too, like people see twenty goals, and it's like holy crap. It's like I don't know. If you're playing baseball, you see a guy with a bunch of home runs, but nothing else. It's kind of like he's kind of there. He's just the same amount of shots as Sam Bennett. Um, just Sam Bennett doesn't have twenty goals. Mm-hmm. Also, another thing that's nice: twenty four fifty one the other night, twenty two twenty four before that. People love to look at that recent game log. They see fat minutes like that. They're like, oh, yeah. I mean, he's he's value. ahead of David Pasternak, Miko Rantanen, Mark Scheifele, and Sidney Crosby. He's tied with Alexander Ovechkin. He's only behind Leon Dreisaitl, Jason Roberts, and Tage Thompson, and Connor McDavid. Yeah. Like, so, I, I don't think you're going to – like, you know, I don't think you're getting anyone who's had a great start to the season for Bo Horvat because, no. yeah, I, you know, I agree his name value probably doesn't carry that much weight, but – um, yeah, certainly. I think if we talked about some of those guys that have been frustrating, even like a Jonathan Huberto, like I don't think Horvat, like I think you could probably get Horvat for Huberto yeah, at this for point sure. or, or pretty close to it. So, um, and yeah, there's just so many red flags, not to mention that I, I think this is the total opposite of the situation for Kane where, you know, the trade should really benefit yeah. his production. Like it, 
for me, like I, I can't imagine Horvat ending up in a better spot. Like he's playing 21 minutes a night and yeah. he's highlighted how that's even just been up more in recent games as well. Um, and yeah, I don't know if he gets as much power play time or if he's just a lock to end up on the top power play unit if he goes to a yeah. contending team. So positionally too, being a center, you know, a lot of a lot of contending teams are going to be strong down the middle where they you can fit Kane in on obviously you want him on the right side, but you can on either side. So I, I totally agree with you there, D. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think a trade really hurts his his potential fantasy production and could really kind of at least from a hard counting number standpoint, kind of throw off this career year that he's been having. So uh, and then yeah, like you like you talked about, you know, it can't continue to last and this production anyway, and the rate he's been putting up can't continue to last in Vancouver too. So uh, a really great sell high, but you know, still someone that's going to be a pretty valuable piece so long as he's with Vancouver. So I, I wouldn't be, you know, just trying to get him for nothing to your point, but certainly, you know, some of these bigger names that we talked about that are off to a slower start, I, I'd be shop, shopping Bo for. Yeah. Like it, it all depends obviously where he lands, but yeah, he's not going to land anywhere and become a team's top center. Like yeah. that's not, no, it's, it's just, just not, not going to happen. Like, yeah. Just at a quick glance here, trying to like find a an ideal fit for him. It's like Colorado line too. Well, they they're not. They, I don't think maybe Colorado. I guess, but like I was thinking, Carolina. Like, could he end up with with Svechnikov and Pacioretty and, and, <laughs> and, and and all those guys? Like, I, I doubt they even make. How that do move. they even fit? Him? Um, you know, maybe somebody like. Edmonton? Minnesota, Edmonton. They probably yeah. don't make the trade with Edmonton. No, though. no, I wouldn't think so. But Minnesota, maybe he ends up with Boldy. Like, yeah. okay. Out Nashville's, they're not going to make I don't a think trade. Minnesota's like, chasing this year, though. You said it earlier honest. with Jersey. I, th- okay. I think Minnesota's happy to compete as, as well as they can this year, but I don't think they're they're mortgaging the future. No. I think they realize I, I they're probably a year or two away. Yeah, from not for a really going full probably say the same about a team like Seattle. Like, yeah. could they use them and push? Sure. Are they going to? Unlikely. Florida, maybe. Could be a panic is- move after all the turnover in the offseason and would obviously hurt Bennett, like we talked about. But, I mean, Bennett can move to the wing, too. But I, Florida, I guess, would be a potential spot. But they yeah. have to at least put themselves in a position where, where that makes sense. Yeah, and then outside of that, like, there are other teams. I'd say he could fool us with a, with a sign-in trade, too, if he really wants to, you know, continue that career. Well, even it just like, like he wants to sign somewhere. Yeah, but, but even outside of that, like, those are names or those are teams where he could go where he could still hold decent value. Yeah. There's a, Boston. Ten other teams he could go to, and he's just not going to – see anywhere the close to the amount of minutes yeah and even those needs. even those spots like he's not playing 21 minutes a night yep. and you yeah. know depending on the team that we just mentioned he's he may or may not be on the top yeah, power like best case scenario, he goes to yeah. minnesota and he plays 18 minutes with matt moldy yeah. he's still he's not scoring 20 goals in 30 games yeah. or whatever you gotta called. assume it's not all offensive minutes like he is now too because one thing that might hurt, hurt him is bo horvat's really good on both ends of the ice so if he goes to a team that needs him 100%. to kind of be a lockdown center that's going to affect everything. That's going to bring it all down. No, he's like the ideal second line center oh, for one of these be. teams to pick oh. up. But from yeah, a pure hard number standpoint, it's it's most likely going to be bad. But again, you know, you were talking up Giroux last year. I was low on Giroux because I thought there was one or two teams that he could go and he would actually improve his situation just because he was eating so many minutes. He got lucky and went to one and that it actually did. Exactly, one exactly. Two, yeah. So it could happen with Bo, but even then, like I cannot imagine playing 21 minutes on a team that no. he gets dealt to at the deadline. Not no, there's the no shot. Um, just also, it, we're like 35 minutes into this episode or, or maybe more, but um, if you can hear any what sounds like screaming or It's our howling, fans. There is the craziest like windstorm going on right now, and my garage is... I, we're like almost minutes away, I think, from the entire building lifting off the ground. True. And, and uh, we're flying through the air. We're going to have a Wizard of Oz situation. Honestly, that's yeah. what I was just going to say. So 
I mean, I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure you cannot hear this. But if you if it slips through and you can, I just want to apologize here. Uh, a little bit out of our control. Just so. think of it as we have like a million adoring fans out there and they're just screaming and we're trying to work That could be it. it too. It's not the wind. It's act of God clause. We're yeah. not at fault. Yes. Nice. <laughs> okay. Next name Insurance on this list deep. is Nick Suzuki. And um, like I genuinely feel bad because I, I, I go on my DFS show every day at, at Montreal yeah. plays and I'm just like, I'll never play this line. Like, I don't like Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. Like, they just don't produce. I, I talk about it, I, I swear to God, every day. And <laughs> even when th- they're not playing, this line mentions. just does not do shit, dude. Like, they, pr- they produce like 20 scoring chances per 60. They're trash. Suzuki, so far this year, 14 goals. Expected goals for 5.8. He is equals above expected. He's trailing. You know, he's top 10 in the league in that stat, ninth highest in the league, trailing only the names I had previously mentioned, Bo Horvat and Jared McCann. And currently shooting 25%. Previous average was 11.3. So 13%, over (laughs) double his previous career uh, shooting percentage numbers. So there's just not, like, there's just no way that he keeps this up. And, like, to me, like, if I own this guy, which I don't, I don't have him in any leagues. But if I did, I'd be doing everything in my power. Don't get me wrong. I think Nick Suzuki is a terrific hockey player. He can help the Montreal Canadiens win hockey games. Fantasy-wise, 29 points in 28 games has been a great, great ride. There's just no way. There's <laughs> yeah. just no way. Honest shooting percentage is 14% as well. There's just no way. I look at their numbers every single day, and it's like there's no way that this line produces anything today. I and just think they do. I think he's just, you know, I think we could expect Suzuki to produce like this consistently a couple of years from now, right? Like, yeah, yeah as he continues yeah. to develop himself. Around. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. As if they team... were averaging 31 scoring chances, four per 60, I'd be like, this yeah. is completely fine. They're yeah. a pretty good line. Yeah. But they're literally terrible. Yeah. yeah. It's like no shots. He's on pace for 158. And honestly, we, we saw him be more productive at 5v5 with, you know, some more defensively minded wingers in the past. And so I do think once this roster fills out and you get them with some, you know, better two way players, and certainly the defense is a big issue yeah. there as well. Like, it's, oh. it's hard Especially to. Especially when they're all bad. Yeah, it's hard to make scoring chances when you cannot get out of your own end. So um, there's a lot going against him. So the fact that he's been able to be above a point per game is just ridiculous. Like he said, the most improbable point per game player we have right now, 25% personal shooting percentage, 14% on ice shooting percentage on a terrible team. Uh, So yeah, the bottom just has to fall out here. Really, like he's not that bad of a player, but he should be more in line with what he did last year. 21 goals, 40 assists, 61 points through 82 games. And uh, just well, well above that mark. And he just simply does not shoot enough to be a 40-goal scorer, which is what he's on pace for right now. So, yeah. Uh, and yeah, this is a guy that I think you can sell super, super high for. Holds because heavy he plays for a yeah. Canadian team. Like, you know, Habs are kind of like the Maple Leafs where just, in, I guess, instinctively they just tend to have more fantasy value. Uh, and people love that name value. It just drives it up that much further. So I think he's a guy you could sell um, super, super high for and certainly someone that we expect to, to fall back down to earth. Um, and yeah, like I said, settle in around a 60 point pace like he was last season. As I mentioned, shooting percentage over the previous three years was 11.3%. If he was still shooting 11.3% at his 56 shots on goal, that's six goals. Yeah. yeah. He'd have six goals and 15 assists. Points. We like, it, we wouldn't even care. Ugh. You wouldn't even care. Yeah. 20, you, you might, you might drop his ass. Yeah. It'd be bottom of the roster for like, sure. Yeah. Cause he's straight, no, yeah, straight yeah, center. Yeah. actually probably would. Like if, when that leagues. bottom falls out, even if the assist numbers stay as, as good as they are, if he had six goals and 15 assists, you wouldn't care at all. Mm-hmm. Well, and how scary is it, too? That's the other, terrible. The other night he plays 25-53. We see Cole Caulfield go out early. He's one Cole Caulfield injury away from having Dadanov as a winger, Mike Hoffman. Yeah. No, it, it's just there's there's no – like, honestly, like, this is going to sound harsh, but there's no hope for this to continue. No. None. No. 
Like, if you have this man on your team and you don't trade him by Thursday evening, you're doing <laughs> yeah. your team a disservice. And Montreal already used their miracle in the playoffs two, three years ago, so it's, it just can't continue. It's just not. It's yeah. not yes. And, like, we were, you know, talking about how ridiculous of a pull it is for Suzuki for Huberto like two weeks into the season. You could get more than that at this point. Like easily 100%. you can get Huberto plus, which is probably a route I would look to go at this point. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just been, it's been just a ridiculous ride. And like, it's crazy to me because like I, I like I said, every day on my DFS show, when they play, I say, do don't play these guys. Like they don't do anything. And then like, he might pick up like an, an assist or whatever, or, you know, score the ugly. To me, I feel like I've been right more than I've been wrong, and then somehow he still has more than a point. Yeah, well, he, he got off to a pretty crazy start, yeah. and it's already started to fall back to earth a little bit. He was only a matter of time. Yeah. Uh, Alex Tuck is next on this list, and uh, like obviously riding with, with Tage has been uh, a very, very nice ride for Alex Tuck. Uh, in his last 14 games, this man has 19 points, 7 goals, 12 assists, but as we mentioned, he is up there as well in terms of goals scored above expected. 14 goals in the season, expected goals of 9.5 at the moment, so not quite as glaringly obvious as some of these top dogs. Uh, you know, just 5 goal or 4.5 goals above expected, but he is shooting 17.7% previous career average of 10%, so 7% above his uh, average over the last three seasons. It's just, you see a number like that, specifically somebody who's going from 10% to 17 that is alarming. If you're somebody who shoots, you know, at a pretty high clip, 15 16%, and all of a sudden you're at 20 that feels a little bit more sustainable. If you're a 10% guy, now all of a sudden you're, you're going in and you're just skyrocketing to 20%, 17%. It, it just doesn't feel right. Obviously, uh, you know, it's been an incredible ride. Last year, he had 38 points in 50 games. He's already at 30 points in 29 games. The on-ice shooting percentage is uh, also quite high, 13.9%. That's probably okay, considering you're playing with Tage, who scores four holes a game. It just, like, eventually, and I think we've already kind of seen it. Like, obviously, they put up six on on the Kings in the third period yesterday. But, like, before that, that was a pretty quiet game. That team was quiet as a whole. Like, I mentioned Tage Thompson off the top. Like, you know, he's obviously... He's also uh, playing he's, out of his He's mind. super high. Nine goals above expected. Yeah. Top, you know, some of the highest in the league. With an elite shot, it's, you know, you... you it's fine. I, I don't really expect Tage to regress quite as heavy as, as maybe some of these other guys. But, like... He's got a lot of room to regress. He's yeah. got a lot of room. And if exactly. he does... Tuck doesn't, right? Tuck yeah, is like a, a cold streak away from being on the waiver wire type of thing. Oh, yeah. Like, not that far, obviously, yeah. but like I, not far from it if he goes ice cold and or this team goes ice cold for a couple games and all of a sudden he's not on Tage Thompson's line type of thing. Oh, like I that line, wrong at all. That he's... line when Skinner, Tuck, and, and, and Tage are together, they're, they're great. And I... If I was the coach of this team, regardless of how cold they get, I wouldn't break them up. Yeah. But NHL coaches aren't as smart. No, and the second line's been fantastic too, right? Awesome. So like I'm not, not I'm not rushing right to get rid of Tuck. One, um, you know, I think he's gonna continue to be useful the rest of the year. Yeah, I think the goals will fall off, but like I we believe in Tage, right? Like I think Tage 100%. is a top five skater. And at we've this always point. been very high on Tuck, yeah. but I I, but think, I think that in itself, like it's going to warrant talk fantasy value, like similar to a Bunting or Hyman who's just absolutely taken off this season. No like, doubt, but could they? Could you get a huge return from Tuck? Like you that's probably, what I'm saying. No, like, that, that, that's like I don't really think you can. Like if you, you could, could get, ma- I would try to move him for Kane again. That's another move yeah. that I would look to do. But like outside of that, I don't know a lot of great options. Yeah. Someone like, I know moved him for Philip Forsberg yesterday. Would you do that if it was presented to you? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that would be. I, a there's a little like that's there like is a chance Tuck line. could outproduce in the rest of the year though. Like it's just I, Tage is still to me a bit of an unknown, and it's scary to to move a piece that just seems to be locked to his hip. 
Um, so yeah, I'm a little bit more slow simply because I think the assists are going to be really reliable, like 14% on ice. It's a little bit high, but yeah, I mean, a center shooting 17%. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see where that line kind of falls in over the next few weeks or so. But I, I like I said, I'm not looking to move him for anything. Cause I do think he's going to be worth holding on to for the rest of the season. He's on pace for 45 assists right now. So yeah, I think the goals will fall off, but the assist uh, production should stay really reliable and at least tuck is shooting the puck enough. So you still feel good about him operating around, you know, a 20, 25 goal pace, probably where we would have expected him to be at the start of the year. If we knew he was getting this kind of usage, Been so. really, really strong in terms of shot volume lately as well. Yeah. 3.5 shots on goal per game lately. That, I guess the concern is like that line's been on such a heater. Like that's not possible to, to maintain like they're net, like nobody, you know what I mean? Like McDavid and Dreisaitl don't maintain what they've been doing like over, like, long periods of time right like that is it's been such a heater that like he's got to cool off a little bit and like if we're if we're suggesting that you know you should trade for uh victor Hedman because his value is never going to be at his lowest tux is never going to be higher than it is right now like i don't know how much higher it could really get right like he's what where's it gonna go like you know i i know but i agree with you but i would have said the same thing about zach hyman last year and well, yeah, he's, but playing with McDavid and Dressel, like I get it. Tage has been a freak. I I, I get it. It to me or Bunting last year for it, for that example. And and obviously, I I think the one thing that we need to continue to hammer home and reiterate is that we're talking about selling high, right? You're not getting yeah. we're, we're not getting rid of Tuck just to get rid of him. Yeah, you have to make sure you're getting a good return for this player because yeah, we believe in him. Three and a half shots. If he wasn't scoring now, if he was shooting 5% over that time, we'd be like, oh my God, you need to go get Alex Tuck. He's fine in the back of the net right now. Yeah. So he's a great player, and I have no problem holding on to him. But if you can get a huge return for him, which I think you could you could conceivably get in the right situation, um, I would be looking to move Alex Tuck. Next name on the list we've mentioned a couple times on this episode already, and it's Josh Norrissey. He has nice. been just on an absolute... Like, th- this is the heater of all heaters from a defenseman outside of, like, Rosmus Dahlin and Eric Carlson at the start of the season. Eric Carlson is still kind of Still cooking. It. But, like, Morrissey has just been outrageous. He had just three <laughs> assists in his first five games of the season. Since then, 29 points in his last 23 games over an assist per game, 24 and 23. He's got 13.2% shooting percentage over that span. Scored five goals, but he's only shot 38 times. So, um... Yeah, like, I, I've always liked Josh Morrissey. I've always thought he's a, a really good, like, actual hockey player. I don't know where the hell this came from. He's getting uh, power play time for Yeah, the his time. previous yeah. career high a was point 37 points, and that came a year ago. He's at 32 points in 28 games. I mean, it's just been absolutely remarkable. The honest shooting percentage, 14.5%. We already talked about the personal shooting percentage, 11.1%. Previously, it was at 6%. It's been absolutely insane. So we also, like I said, we, we took, to look at the, uh, took a look at the IPP individual points percentage, and he is just so high up on this list in terms of um, blowing away his previous career high. So his uh, IPP coming into the year over the last three years was 35.9%, which is pretty standard for a defenseman. Obviously, the elite defenseman can sustain a little bit higher, but uh, 58.2% so far this year. So it's drastically higher. Obviously, seeing uh, power play one time has been super beneficial. Um, The Jets have been awesome. But I, I think that he's going to cool off to some degree and this is your moment to move him for somebody elite. Again, we're not just, we're not trading him for nobodies clearly, but if you can get a Victor Hedman, uh, a Roman Yossi, like you have to try to make those moves. And if you do by season's end, you're going to have really enjoyed 
this nice two-month run that probably helps you win lots of games. But if you look from today forward, Roman Yossi probably going to be more productive than Josh Morris you would, you would imagine. He's going to shoot and, him and times three. And if you can perfectly three. manage those five months of two months of, of Morrissey and three months of Yossi, you could be looking really pretty. Yeah, and like if you're selling that high, you, you can't go wrong. Like You're turning a guy that you know has been a top-five fantasy defenseman, doesn't really look like he can continue it, to a guy that you know has been Ren Yossi or Hedman, a top-five fantasy demon for the last five or six years that we definitely expect to be in there um, at least rest of season from this point on. So, yeah, I, I mean, I talked about Morrissey at the start of the season. I liked him coming in just because it didn't seem for once that there was going to be anyone to compete for that power play time. And they weren't going to force it, you know, down to like a Neil Pionk or something like that. It's um, kind of the same setup that they've had the last couple of years. It's just he's yeah, taking that step forward. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Those were the reports in in the summer that he was going to get the chance to run with the job, and you know, the power play production is just boom. So that's the big part of it, and that's what's encouraging. But like, I, I thought you know that would push him into fantasy relevance and make him worth rostering because his even strength five v five production for the last few seasons has been really impressive. But like we always say, you just really tough to be fantasy relevant as a defenseman if you're not getting power play time. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, he's moving into to what's been one of the best power play units for the last five or six years. They're clipping at 23% this year. Obviously, he's been a big part of that. So that's all great. But yeah, it's just, it's gone so far the other level. Like he's gotten this inordinate amount of putt luck or puck luck, excuse me, that's come along with the increased role. So uh, definitely a guy that I think will continue to be uh, super serviceable the rest of the season, you know, a solid number two, three fantasy defenseman, uh, as long as he's manning that power play unit. But again, like I, I really don't think he can continue to be one of the very best defenseman in fantasy hockey. So if you can move him for someone that is, you know, a perennial uh, top five guy like a Yossi or a Hedman, I, I just think it's a no brainer. Yeah. Well, thing kind of to not to kind of go after a point, but he had 15 power play points last year. He kind of was in that role. He kind of just has taken it to that next. He did in the second half level. of the year. Like he took it from Pionk I mean, for sure. He's had three separate multi-point power play season. So it's just like, like obviously he's done something that, yeah, he's on he the second been, unit. And now he's on the first. Unit, I mean, he's, right? like he he's wasn't the at, first. He just lost the role. Cause this was a guy where on a lot of teams, I, I believe like you were kind of drafting him at the end of drafts to start. Not, I'm not saying it's like, wrong or anything but he has been in that position i don't know he's uh, never seen a sustained not like, like a this, sustained yeah. run well, on the top power to, like, play keep unit. it realistically which probably is kind to of, a certain degree you're correct yeah. but yeah, for the for a long time it was Pionk more so than morrissey yeah. now it's been morrissey is the guy and he's been running with it and, he, and they've been tremendous i think the one thing that is super interesting to note too just remember that last year roman yossi had 20 points in his first 23 games and then ended up putting up 76 points over his next, next 57 years. So we're sitting in a similar spot with Roman Yossi as we were last year. And we talked about buying low on that guy last year. And when you did, he was the best, almost the best player in fantasy hockey for the next three months of the season. Yeah, not so, even the best defenseman. Yeah. I, Again, we have reservations as a whole about the Predators. Do I think that Roman Yossi is going to go score at 110-point pace for the next three months? No, but... It just kind of goes to show that if you buy low at the right time, you could really, if you if you maneuver the trade market properly, you can really end up with a uh, you know a nice payoff. So yeah, I was gonna say also Morrissey's got a point in pretty much eighteen of his last twenty one games. So anyone who's looking to maybe grab him is gonna see that and be like, oh, he's consistently putting on, um, which is what you want as someone dealing. Him. And as we mentioned, it is a lot of assists through that. 20, of, 20 assists and 21 What more do you games, want from a defenseman, though, really? Exactly, like, it's yeah. It's been insane. So it's, uh, I, I think at this point, yeah, if you could trade for someone who's going to get you a bit more than 
his 150 shots on goal average across the season, then you, sh- you should definitely take that take that leap. And uh, and now's the time. I think it's another person where in a week he could he could go cold, have one assist if that power play slows down a bit, and then you've lost quite a bit of value. Um, so. Yeah, it's a good time to move him for sure. Uh, Eric Carlson's the last guy we're going to talk about on this list before I don't forget and send it over to D for D streamers. Uh, Eric Carlson has a point in 21 of 31 games this year. He's been absolutely absurd. We talked about him as a sell high earlier. We're talking about him as a sell high still because he has not gone away. He is, as D said pre-show, incredibly involved at all moments of the game. 38 points in 31 games this season. He has 12 goals, 26 assists. He is shooting 13%. So, again, this is a guy that's always been incredibly involved in the offense. But even still, I mentioned previously that an elite defenseman, what you're kind of looking at in terms of IPP for an elite defenseman is around 50%, which is where uh, Carlson's been over the last three years, even during some kind of down years. This year, he's at 63.3% IPP. So it's been uh, super fortunate. He's you know picking up points seemingly on in every single game. But at the end of the day, this is still not a Sharks team that I believe too heavily in. And as we talk about it, Bo Horvat <laughs> scores his 21st <laughs> yeah, of the season. On the first shot of the game. I mean... This is just Sell him now. Yeah. This is incredible. I just want to see exactly I think he just bangs it home in front. Maybe just a tip. Yeah. 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 Like just, I mean this this that's not sustainable. It's Chris Kreider last year. Everything that's around that net he's putting in there. And Chris Kreider like scored like forty power play goals though. Like yeah. this Horvat is just incredible. Kreider was gone. at least shooting four times a game. Like yeah. I, Horvat's shot totals are nice, but yeah. yeah, it seems even less sustainable than than Kreider when oh, yeah. Kreider did sustain it. <laughs> back, yeah. Back to Eric Carlson though. Um like I don't think we need to, you know, beat this drum over and over and over again. We've already talked about selling them high, and we're reiterating it. And I mean, obviously, if you didn't listen to us and held held on to them, you enjoyed a couple more weeks of ridiculously good production. And I'll, I'll be completely honest with you: like, if you have this man on your team, we talked about him as a sleeper. You drafted him late. If you're content with that and you're afraid to trade him because this could continue the whole year, then you know, by all means, you know. It is what it is. Like, if you want to hold on to him, hold on to him. Um, but I still think I would be trading him if I could. If you can get a ridiculous return, I would be looking to move him. The problem is there's just not a whole lot yeah. I would move him for. Yeah. I would move him from Ricard straight up. That's it straight up. Otherwise, you're looking to get Yossi plus, Hedman plus, Darlene plus. Like, yeah. that, that's where I'm at with him. Adam like, Fox yeah. plus. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think so, maybe Dolene's the only other one with Makar I'd like maybe consider the one for one, but that's if you believe Dolene's gonna outscore Carlson and you could easily yeah. make a case both ways. I, yeah, so. I think Dolene like to not to the same degree as Carlson, but he's been pretty fortunate as as well. So I, I love Dolene, don't get me wrong, but Dolene plus for me, Makar, like I said, I, I would do straight up. But just cause yeah, like he The but, goals are there, the shots are there. It's all he's there. just taken off. Like he's yeah. he is their entire team. Like we didn't really know what it was going to look like with Burns gone. Like Carlson, you know, was still playing a ton of minutes with Burns there, so we weren't expecting a huge jump. But it's just so focused. Everything is running through him, and it, it really, um, you know, not anywhere to the same degree in terms of how prolific it is. But it does really just remind you of his last few seasons in Ottawa, where it was just like give Ek the puck and everyone just try to find space around him. Yeah, which is literally kind of what it's been, and it's still led to twentieth. Just best power play in the league. Is there any chance of this dude getting traded, by the way? Um, like, I, I haven't heard I much mean, rumblings, but you'd think. He I, can, I think that. He's still got like years that, left. Yeah, now yeah. in a fat, like fat hit. Terrible. Big, big. Yeah. Um, just to, to give move. you an idea, yeah. though, too, Darlene's numbers, at least, uh, you know, for comparison's sake, do look, you know, much more sustainable. 24 assists on the year, 13 of them have been primary assists. So, you know, getting the job done there. Uh, previous 
average at IPP was 50. He's at, uh, sorry, previous average was 54. He's at 50 this year, so it's actually gone down. Uh, uh-huh. And then in terms of his uh, goal production, nine goals on, on seven expected goals. So just a little bit uh, above expected. Shooting percentage is probably still a little high at 10%, but his he looks a little bit more sustainable than Carlson. But yeah, I, I don't know if there's really too much that I would, I'd move for him straight up, like unless you're, you're getting, you know, it doesn't always, I guess, have to be a defenseman, but it, you know, it could be a two for two. It could be whatever. Yeah, that's true. If he, you he could have just Carlson, a, yeah. You probably have extra, so you yeah, could, like you could, almost you could go get for a really a, good forward as well. You could get Patrick Kane. Yeah, I don't even know if I would do that. Kane and Yossi like, yeah, for like, yeah. Seriously, Carlson. it's yeah. been it's been an incredible ride for Carlson, and uh, as a podcast who was recommending him <sighs> as a sleeper, it certainly feels good. And um, if you got him in a league, I've got him in one, and it's just like every single night, you're like, yeah, yeah. thank you so much. I got him in one, and it's like not even like I'm happy about it. Don't get me wrong, but it's just more like frustrating because I. No, I could have easily had him in all three and just yeah, yeah, been laughing. Yeah. You're but. like, why do I have him in one? Yeah, exactly. yeah you would have had to get him past me in one, pre-season. though. So, yeah. um, okay. Which I got lucky. I made a promise, and yeah. I didn't forget. Brock mentioned it we're, five times. We're so not going to send it to the Blue Stones. We're going to send it to D for D's streamers. All righty then. Tell them what you did last week first, Yeah, D. remind the folks. Yeah. Oh, just some receipts. So the skaters weren't anything <laughs> crazy. You know, uh, Arvidsson, Kaliev. Uh, and Colin White each got you an extra assist. Lundell didn't play. Luster Reinen, unfortunately, didn't help us out at all. But uh, three, three out of the four given us a point that you didn't have already. You know, that, that's, that's fine. We'll take that. Uh, the goalies is where we really reaped the benefits last week. Uh, Casey DeSmith, Phoenix Copley, Philip Gustafson. DeSmith stopped 37 of 38 shots in a win. Copley stopped 22 of 24 in a win. And Gustafson, the darling of the spot start segment last week. <laughs> Came through with a 35 save shutout. Are Always you one kidding darling. me? So, yeah, it was a really good week for the goalies. Hopefully, you got at least one of those guys in your lineup. Uh, and we'll take a look now at the upcoming weekend. As always, we'll start with the skaters. Um, taking a look at the schedule this weekend, we got three games on Friday, 13 on Saturday, five on Sunday. So, you got a classic streaming schedule here. We're looking for the teams playing on Friday and Sunday night. Get you two games for the price of one matchup acquisition. So we got Calgary, Chicago, and Minnesota are those three teams playing Friday, Sunday this week. Calgary is Friday versus St. Louis. Sunday, they are in San Jose. You won't find a piece of Calgary 1 on the wire, but there are some decent options on the Flames' second and third lines. I think if available, Andrew Mangiapane, he's left-wing, right-wing eligible, 38% owned right now. Uh, he's a great option this weekend. Shot volume is a little down this year, but still producing two shots a game. Good enough to be a viable streamer considering he's skating with Kadri at 5v5, getting some secondary power play time as well. I uh, expect him to start heating up sooner than later. He's a career 16% shooter, shooting just 10% so far this year. So why not this weekend? He's a solid option if he's out there. If he's unavailable, you can turn your attention to the third-line center, Michael Backlund. Straight center eligibility, 26% owned. Sutter loves Backlund, and his line gets much more usage than the typical third line. He's got five goals, 12 assists, and 29 games this season while playing 17 minutes a night and shooting almost three times a game, which is a uptick for him. I was surprised to see that. So Found uh, his way on the top power play last game when Toffoli went down. Or not Toffoli, Lindholm went down too. Yeah, so. he's usually like the top pivot option there yeah. if one of the boys needs to take a breather well. or, like you said, gets banged up in the middle of a game. So not the highest upside, but certainly a really solid bet to add at least a point to your totals this weekend. Uh, in deeper leagues, Adam Ruzika, I think I said that right, center left wing. Ruzishka. Ruzishka. Got pull stank on yeah, it. Yeah, you're right. Uh, center left wing, 10% owned. And Dylan, I think I said that right, Dubé. Yeah. As a joke, because my name's Dylan. Uh, <laughs> left wing, right Spelled wing. differently, though. Yeah, it's true. Uh, 5% owned, Dubé is. Uh, both of those guys, viable options in deeper leagues. Certainly not my top recommendations, but uh, they play enough and they shoot enough where they got a decent chance of adding to your point totals over those two games. 
Moving on to the Blackhawks. Chicago is in Minnesota Friday night at home against the Rangers on Sunday. As we all know, there is not a whole lot to love in Chicago these days. In standard leagues, I'm really not looking past Max Domi. He's center left wing, right wing, 26% owned. Uh, but his usage, 18 and a half minutes right now, uh, and constant exposure to Kane at 5v5 and on the power play has helped him put together a pretty respectable tally of 10 goals, 10 assists, and 27 games this season. The Hawks will be major dogs in both of these games, so he definitely comes with a risk to your plus minus. Uh, but if hard county stats are what you're after this weekend, I think Domi is one of the best bets you can make off the wire. Uh, and then in deeper leagues, Jonathan Tay is 12% owned. Taylor Radish, 1% owned. For the most part, uh, they've struggled to produce together on the second line, but they're playing over 17 minutes a night. They're on the top power play. And to be fair to Taves, he has mustered nine goals already this season. So uh, they're not the worst options in deeper leagues, but you could certainly do better. I, I think one other name that I'll add to the list uh, is Tyler Johnson, maybe in super deep leagues. Uh, returned to the lineup, did play 15 minutes in his first Somehow game. Somehow at a point scored, per scored game. A goal on, <laughs> scored a goal on two shots. And he, yeah, he's been, you know, before he got hurt, he was solid. He, he's, he's been pretty consistent so far. this season, seven points in seven games. So um, if he plays 15 minutes, I think he's, he's worth a show. I'd still probably look to somebody like, like Radish, who's, who's definitely available. But yeah. Um, I, I think, think Radish is a sneaky, I think this is more one. of just giving a, a shout out to Tyler Johnson, uh, who's back in the lineup, so good for him. Yeah, if we're talking Taves and Radish, then sure, I'm, I'm not going to fault you for throwing Tyler Johnson in there, because uh, yeah, obviously we're getting pretty desperate here. Uh, the last team to talk about, the Wild, Friday versus Chicago, Sunday again at home against the Senators. The Wild will be favorites to sweep their pair of contests this weekend, uh, but this is a very top-heavy team when it comes to putting the puck in the net which doesn't leave us a lot of options on the wire. There is an off chance that Joel Erickson Eck, 67% owned, might be available in your league. Uh, and he's a strong play if so. I, I love Eck. I think he's a, a really solid long-term ad at this point if he is available. But otherwise, we're looking at the likes of Sam Steele. Erickson Eck's shot volume has been unbelievable this Yeah, he's year. great. I like him a lot. Uh, center left wing, 5% owned for Sam Steele. Former first-round pick of the Ducks in 2016 has had an incredibly slow start in Minnesota. He's got just eight points through 28 games, but he somehow has parlayed that into a promotion to the first-line center role between <laughs> Kaprizov and Zuccarello. Brock's going to correct me about something here. No, no, no. I just want to say, so for a lot of time there, whenever um, whoever it was playing on that top line, like it was Hartman, obviously, the start of the season, then Goudreau saw a run there, and... Kaprizov and Zuccarello's like underlying numbers were not very good, and since Steele was moved up to that line, they have been so much better. They've been honestly like at five v five, they have uh, performed extremely, extremely well. So um, whatever Steele is doing on that line, the points aren't really kind of falling in his lap as you might imagine they would playing with that type that type of talent. But they've been really good. Three point five expected goals, four per sixty, thirty seven scoring chances, eighteen high danger, and they were half of that with Gaudreau and Hartman and stuff before early in the season. So yeah, I think that Steele's maybe probably gotten a little unfortunate to this point. Steele can actually skate fast. Yeah. And uh, it's been pretty, it's been, you know, the results, underlying results have been really good for that line. Kaprizov and Zook have been great. Steele, if you're looking for somebody over the weekend, I I really like Steele. I think he could, um, like you said, parlay that production into uh or, or that usage into some production this weekend. Yeah, and I was basically just going off of the time on ice. I couldn't tell exactly when he moved up. It looked like it was about eight games ago, just again, judging by the jump in his time on ice. He's got three goals in eight games with 21 shots on goal in that span. Um, getting some power play time at the second unit as well. Um, so yeah, he's, he's not my first pick because you know he's never really seemed to t- take advantage in terms of hard production when he has gotten these opportunities in, in Anaheim in the past. Um, but yeah, certainly a viable streaming option and 
Um, obviously, that line, like you said, doing a lot of damage at 5v5. So you would expect that to, you know, turn into some hard production for him sooner than later. Uh, good option in deeper leagues. If I had to rank them all, I would go Max Domi with the first pick. And again, this is sub 20%. Backlund second. Uh, going between Taves and Steele. Probably Steele third. Taves fourth. Radish. Dubay. Rzyska, all fifth. It is worth mentioning. Taves is, seems to have been, be a little bit banged up right now. He did take today off for maintenance. He's been doing that quite a bit lately. He's probably just old. He is old, yeah. Um, but yeah. just kind of worth mentioning, I would keep an eye potentially on, on making sure he's in the lineup on Friday before pulling the trigger on that one. I don't think people are going to be springing to the to the wire to, to add him. So I would just to, <laughs> just make sure that he, he's there. For sure. Uh, and then barring a shakeup to, yeah, Minnesota's lines ahead of the weekend, there's just no other options in the top nine, even in deeper leagues. It's a shame because the matchups are nice, but again, offense just too top-heavy to leave us with much on the wire. Freddie Goudreau yeah, scored Freddie tonight. Yeah, Freddie Goudreau so scored two tonight. That. Oh, there you go. One empty netter, I believe. So if you want to ride that high. Oh, yeah, the empty netter Reeves couldn't? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, and then moving on to where we absolutely slayed last weekend, the back-to-backs. Uh, looking for some goalie spot starts. We got Arizona, Carolina, the Islanders, the Rangers, Senators, Sharks, and the Winnipeg Jets, all with back-to-backs this weekend. Unfortunately, not a lot of great matchups to target amongst those games. Arizona will be dogs in both games. Shout-out to Vamelko, though. We love the kid. Uh, Carolina has a pair of tough games against Dallas and Pittsburgh. So, and you know, Ranton could check off really not even widely available. Uh, not the best options there. The Islanders travel to Vegas on the tail end of their back-to-back. Uh, that'll be tough. The Sens similarly traveled to Minnesota for their second game that you would expect Forsberg to start. Uh, and the Sharks have LA and Calgary. So uh, leaves us with just two teams, the Rangers and the Jets. The Jets are in Vancouver Saturday before making the short trip to Seattle for Sunday's game. In a perfect world, David Riddick, 2% owned, would start the first game in Vancouver. But he has split four back-to-backs with Hellebuck already this season. And each time he has started the second game. So uh, it's not ideal getting Seattle on the second game in two nights, but I would expect the odds makers to still have the Jets around a 40% favorite to get the win on Sunday, which unfortunately, as far as the streaming is concerned this weekend, makes them one of the better uh, spot start options this uh, this weekend. Hit him with Yaroslav Halak. It, exactly. That brings us to this week's darling of the spot starters. Uh, like we said, Philip Gustafson filled the role perfectly with a 35-save shutout last weekend. 1-5 Yaro. Yeah. Stepping into Philo's massive shoes is one Yaro Halak. This, this weekend's got to be the weekend, right? This is where he actually capitalizes on a ridiculously juicy matchup. He has been featured a few times already in this segment this season. When you play for a team as good as the Rangers, you're pretty much going to be a viable spot start anytime you're fortunate enough to stand between their pipes. Uh, and the matchup is fantastic. Expect him to get the second of New York's two games this weekend as they travel to Chicago on Sunday. Even if they surprise us and give Halak the first game, it's an equally great matchup against the Flyers. Well, I was just going to say, even if he does give up some goals on Sunday, hopefully at least they're just to Max Domi. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Um, but really, two threats here to this week's darling. One, Gerard Gallant has an affection for just running his goalies into the ground, and we've already seen Chester can start both ends of a back-to-back this season. Old school hockey. You would, yeah, you would think this is a perfect opportunity to give him rest, considering the soft matchups, but still something to keep in mind. Uh, and the other threat is Halak himself. <laughs> <laughs> He's been pretty damn poor when given the chance to play this season. He's got an 8.88 save percentage and a 1-6-1 and one record oh, to one, show for it, playing one, for the New York Rangers still. As we always say, you've got to play the matchups when it comes to fantasy net minding. The Rangers will be heavy favorites in both of their games this weekend, regardless of which one Halak ends up suiting for. So he is my number one spot start this week. Not as juicy of options as last week. So I don't know if we got a 35 safe shutout in there, but hopefully those two guys can get you a pair of extra Ws this weekend. I just can't believe he has the same record as Connor Ingram, but he's on 
not Arizona. He's on the Rangers. It is worth mentioning about Halak is he was absolutely dreadful in his first three starts. He's been marginally better in his last five. He's won three and one still, but a 901 save percentage. Above 900. It's pretty bad when it, we're saying that's yeah, like it, not, marginally above better. Is, You're just saying it's not as terrible not, as the season. I still don't want a exactly. 900. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, it's but not, 900 should be enough to get you a win for the that's Rangers. That's what I'm yeah. saying. No doubt. Well, those were D streamers. Thank you guys so much for tuning in yeah. for another edition of the DFO Windy Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Segan. We got Dylan D. Berthy, Michael Beast, Bondi. Michael Backlund just scored. Pick him up this weekend. Good night. And we'll see you. That's us blowing away. Peace. <laughs>at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage of the French Open begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.